0: we will try to cover the first half of chapter five this morning. We we have been going through um, the book of Ephesians for the past uh, couple months, and I want to encourage everyone to follow along with us. If you have not read up on Ephesians, please catch up with us in your own quiet time. You can also follow along on our podcast at Restoration Church Chicago, or you can listen to our recording on our website. Regarding the book of Ephesians, very briefly, it is an amazing book to help us have an overview of how amazing God is and how he wants us as his holy people to live. To put it simply, the first half of Ephesians, the first three chapters, is on the doctrine of our awesome God. It covers the vastness of God's salvation plan, beginning with his master plan for uh, before the foundation of the earth and the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of Jesus Christ for us. And the second half, the last three chapters, chapter four, five, and six, deals with the outworking of salvation as God's holy people. We finished chapter four last week, and chapter five is a continuation of the life instructions for us. It is important to note that it's one thing to know what to do, but it's entirely different to actually follow it. We just talked about tithing. But I want to use another example to use Rain. She she does not know that I'm going to use her as an illustration on the importance of knowing what to do, to know what to do, and to actually have the perseverance to do it are two very different things. So for some of you may only know Rain as an amazing musician and one of our worship leaders here on the worship team, she is also a swimmer at Lane Tech. We went to her swim meet last Thursday night and. I only get to see her swim once in a while, so I was amazed at how fast she was. I was like, I don't know if I can even keep up with her. However, I know that she puts in a lot of hours in the pool and in the gym to prepare for the swim meets. Most days during the week, she leaves the house at 5.30, 5.40 in the morning and does not get home until 6 p.m. every week. So for those of you who are keeping track, she has practices before school, and after school. And that's not even homework yet. So those, those practices and long hours have made rain into a great swimmer. And it's similar to what the second half of Ephesians is about, right? We have been saved by God through repentance and faith in Jesus, but we still need to put that into practice. Put into practice what it means to be God's holy people all the time. Rain practices every day to, to prepare for her swim meet once a week. But for us, as followers of Jesus, we must continually practice our swimming our swimming ability because we are swimming daily in open waters, not just in a pool with calm, flat waters. Real life is open waters because there are always times when the waves of life of our lives are big and small. Whether they're big or small, there will always be waves in our lives, and they are constant. So these life's instructions in here are meant to help us thrive, help us to thrive and to enjoy our godly inheritance for the season we're in. They're not easy to do. I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be honest to say that. But if we do not walk out these instructions from God, we will be like those who just stay afloat and barely surviving. Do you you guys know what I mean? Like you're just floating on your back and just barely getting by instead of swimming toward the things that God has called us to. Swimming through the waves, over the waves to get to the calling that God has for us. Because if we're just letting the waves wash over us as we're floating there, we will go where the waves take us instead of pursuing after God's plan for our lives. So God wants us to thrive in the season we're in and fully walk into our inheritance, which is why he gave us these instructions. Therefore, it is crucial for us to know that what we need to do as God's people and put into practice what we know. So with that said, I want to encourage everyone, myself included, to to read through these verses slowly in your quiet time on the life instructions to make it a part of our DNA, to make it a part of who we are. I will try to cover the first 20 verses in chapter five by highlighting a few things in this chapter. Hopefully you found Ephesians chapter five by now. Let's start with the first three verses. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impur- impurity or of greed because they are improper for God's people. Follow Jesus' example. Walk in love. Speak truth in love. We learned that from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Sacrifice through love. Let our actions and our speech be seasoned with love. But Even when we deal with with sexual immorality, impurity, and greed, verse 3 is reminding us to deal with that in love. It's a repeat of verse 419, because in 419, it's all said the same thing, sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. So deal with it in love. However, we must see the urgency to deal with these three things in our lives, because in the world that we live in, sexual immorality, impurity, both physical and moral sense, and or greed are so common, right? It's so common, like we, we watch TV, we see all the show, people are sleeping around, it's no big deal. Uh, people would steal and cheat and trying to get what's mine. It's about me, myself, and I, how can I get more of, of what I can get, which is greed? Like just lie, making white lies all the time. These are the things that is so common nowadays that we must be able to recognize it. And everyone is doing it now, right? Everyone is doing it. It's just like oxygen that we breathe. God wants us to live differently. And he wants us to talk differently. So we should also want to live differently once we know the cost of our salvation. God wants us to follow his example, to be sacrificial, and to think of others. He wants us to give thanks to God and to give thanks to others. Living a lifestyle of being thankful and giving thanks in the example of having A culture of honor. That is what we, as elders at at Restoration, that is what we have been fighting for and we will always continue to fight for. And and that's in in verse four, is to give thanks to God. I wanna use this opportunity to speak about the practical example of giving thanks to God and to others, is we have such a great worship team and such a culture of wholehearted, authentic, worshiping our God, but it's because of Vanessa. Vanessa. I want to honor Vanessa and give thanks to her for fighting hard for the worship environment that we are enjoying right now. Because from day one, when we first met in our living room, for those who were there, she had not and would not accept mediocrity in terms of preparation for God or in terms of the heart of worship is to bring our best. She never once accepted that. For anyone on the team, for those of you who may have gotten a little talking to by Vanessa, it is because of her desire to bring our best to serve our mighty God, both in our skill and in our heart for worship. She de- expected that, which is what we expected, that is is what we wanted to see, even though we have no trained musicians. And we expected that even of our kids, for those of you who've seen our kids, is we want them us to come and be prepared and serve Almighty God and, and worship Him. And we are where we are right now is because Vanessa has fought so hard for that. And I want to thank you, Vanessa. She is instrumental in creating a culture of excellence and a wholehearted worship on our worship team. We are enjoying the fruit of that now the, because of her faithfulness, right? Because of her perseverance and her insistence on the worship team to bring the best when it comes to worshiping our God. So that is an example of us living out a culture of honor to be thankful for those who have came before us. And we are enjoying the fruit of the ones who have paid the price. And thank you, Vanessa. Um, okay, let's, we can move on. Move on to, to verse five. So verse five, um, verse five touch on the, inheritance, on the inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, which is right now. The kingdom of Christ, the inheritance in the kingdom of Christ is right now. And the inheritance in the kingdom of God is the inheritance that we will get for for eternity. So if we commit these acts, sexual immorality, impurity, and greed, we we will not be able to enjoy the current inheritance and the inheritance in God's kingdom in eternity. Very briefly, ungodly inheritance. So inheritance in the present is obedience in this life leads us to have more of his presence in our lives as we walk into the life and the calling that God has planned for us before creation. We know that from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, God has planned out everything even before creation. So the inheritance is a, uh, our obedience to walk into the God, what God has planned for us. So that when we walk into what God has called, has planned for us our inheritance is provision by God protection by God and promotion promotion is from the standpoint that we are able to have more impact more influence to the people around us and to share more of the things that God has poured into us to those around us so we will have more to give to others as an, as an inheritance to those around us. So in the culture that we live in, inheritance is to receive, right? To receive from others. As in, I get an inheritance from my rich uncle, which I don't, by the way. I'm just using that as an example. Or my rich grandma. So inheritance is usually a wealth of property that we receive from someone else. In the kingdom of God, inheritance is how much do we have from God to give to others, and it's more than just wealth. Sometimes it is wealth, but it's so much more than wealth. It's what God has poured into us that we can give to others around us. Like as we walk closely, faithfully, and obedient with God, we will have more of the following to give to others around us. As in, understand truly what is the gift of salvation, and we can share that with others. That is part of our inheritance. When someone else receives salvation, or thankfulness, Right? We're thankful for our God, and we teach thankfulness to our kids, to the people around us. Gratefulness, a spiritual joy. You know, we can help others learn how to live more with faith because as we're faithfully following Jesus, others will catch the faith that we have, and hopefully we can deposit that to, them, to those around us. Generosity. Generosity is as we're blessed by God, we can use our generosity to bless others. or um, put That's the inheritance that we can give to others or with our provision, godly wisdom. As we obey and follow Jesus and listen to the things that he has for us and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, we will gain godly wisdom. And then we can pour that out and give godly wisdom, godly advice to those around us. And in terms of healings, miracles, and freedom from generational sin. So godly inheritance is what we get from Jesus and then we can pour it out to those around us. And as for in eternity an inheritance in eternity, there's a crown of righteousness waiting for us. We see that from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. It's a crown of righteousness waiting for us, right? Also, again, in in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, everyone who competes in the games go into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And also Matthew 25, We want to be able to get to the place where Jesus, when we come face to face with him, for him to say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is the inheritance waiting for us in heaven. So that's like those are the two godly inheritance that we want to think about always. We are getting the inheritance right now. It's when we walk with God, all that we receive from him, we can use that to share with others, to help others grow and learn more about who Jesus is. And also there's an inheritance in eternity waiting for us. And verse six, if we move on to verse six. Verse six is about don't believe in people who talk a big game, empty words. I think if you are here for any amount of time, you have heard me say this all the time, right? Talk is cheap. It's the same thing. Empty words. Talk is cheap. Whether it is the people out there or Christians or followers of Jesus, talk is cheap. It's their action and how they live according to the truth in Jesus. We see that from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. That is what we should look for. The most simple way to know who are the people with empty words is to look at the fruit or the lack of fruit in their lives. The simple response from us as followers of Jesus, the simple response to verse six is to do what we say we will do. It sounds it sound complicated, but it's very simple. Do what we say that we will do. If we say we will call someone, call someone. If you say you're gonna pray for someone, go home and pray for someone. Because you hear that all the time, right? I'll pray for you you know if they really pray for you? So if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you cannot do something, say you cannot do it. It's really simple. Do what we say we will do and don't say what we don't plan to do or not not able to do. There will be fruit in our lives as we're upfront and honest with what we can and cannot do. And if you move to verse 8, this actually hit me like a brick when I was studying this. For you were once darkness, but now you are in the light. You are light in the Lord. It's important to note that we were not in darkness. We were not under darkness. You were once darkness. I want to let that sink in for us. We were once darkness. So that means we were darkness ourselves. Or We were an extension of the devil because we were darkness. So this is why it is challenging, or if I can say impossible, for us to avoid sexual immorality, impurity, or greed on our own, through our own efforts, because we were darkness. Those three things were as much a part of our DNA. We cannot get rid of of what made us who we were without Jesus. We must rely on the Spirit of God because we were once darkness. We were not under darkness. We were not in darkness. We were once darkness. It was within us. That's amazing, isn't it? It just like hit me like a brick. Oh man, I am so more appreciative of the Holy Spirit now than ever before. We must rely on the Spirit of God to transform ourselves from the inside out. This is called the process of sanctifications. I don't use the term a lot because it just sound a little bit too uppity, but that's what it means when you hear the term sanctification to be transformed slowly more and more into the image of God. And it can only be done supernaturally through the spirit of God. So we must rely on the, on the spirit of God because physically we will still be the same, right? Because before I was saved, I still looked like this, maybe a little bit more handsome. Younger, stronger, faster. But now we still look the same, but God is transforming us spiritually on the inside. So supernaturally by God's Spirit, we're being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus as we go deeper in Christ. We're not in the light, but we are now light ourselves in the Lord. So the deeper we take ourselves in Christ or allow Jesus to go deeper into our heart the brighter God's light will shine. The brighter God's light shine will be the more fruit that we will display, which is good goodness, righteousness, and truth. So how can we practically transform or, or sanctify ourselves more into the image of Christ? Find out what pleases Him. That's in verse 10. Do what pleases God. What are the things that pleases God? I want to suggest three things. There are many things that we can do this to, to please God, but I want to suggest three handles to help us with this. is Number one, faith. Hebrews eleven six, It is impossible to please God without faith. Grow in our faith in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Trust that he is good, that he wants good things for us, and he has an amazing plan for us. Secondly is spiritual mindedness in Romans chapter 8. Grow in our awareness of the Holy Spirit so he can lead us and transform us and guide us and Steer us and point us to where we need to go. And number three, which we talked about this all the time, is obedience. First Samuel 15, 22 and Hebrews 13, 21 is to doing his will. Being obedient is yes. If God, if this is what you want me to do, this is what I'm going to do. If this is what you do not want me to do, I will not do this. I will be steadfast and be obedient to you and you alone. So doing these three things will please God. So as we move to verse 13 and 14, it tells us to not live compartmentalized life. But everything but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said: wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So let the light of Christ shine in all the different areas of our lives. Our work, our personal our hobbies, our families. Let people know who we are. Let people know what we believe in. Let people know what we will stand for and what we will not stand for in all the different areas. Don't become someone else when we go to our jobs or become someone else when we visit our family members or become someone else when we out, you know, doing our hobby stuff with our friends. Be the same everywhere. Let the light of Christ shine in all the different areas. Because when we are transparent and live a life that is led by His Spirit, live a life that is in Christ, which is a lifestyle displaying the character traits of what? Kindness, compassion, love, righteousness, and truth. His light will shine upon us, within us, and people will be more open to hearing the goodness of Jesus. And we can give them an inheritance of the gift of salvation, of knowing Jesus, set them on a different trajectory, change the future altogether. I want to bring this sermon into land by specifically reading verse 15 to 20 together. In verse 15, be very careful in how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from the heart, from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 15 is to to be wise in making the most of every opportunity. The days are evil. That's pretty strong. The days are evil. So make every opportunity count. Making the most of every opportunity to learn more about Jesus and to make every opportunity to share the inheritance that is Jesus to those around us of what we have gained from Jesus and share that with others. We prepare always, all the time, because the devil does not want us to have our godly inheritance. All the things that I talked about earlier, godly wisdom, discernment, miracles, breaking off generational sins, the devil does not want us to do that. So be prepared because the devil hates us. Okay, all right, let's move on. So, The way for us to do that is, we can discuss this more later on in chapter six, when we talked about the armor of God. But in verse 17, understanding God's will. Do what pleases God. We talked about this, right? Faith, spirit-filled life, obedience. And we will know his will for our lives. And if you still don't know, talk to one of the elders. We would love to sit down and pray with you, listen for discernment, in terms of the things that God has for you. Understand God's will for our lives. That will help give us a vision of the direction of a place for us to swim toward in the open waters and not just float around and let the waters take us where it's going to take us. Verse 18 is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will be filled with like thankfulness, right? Of gratefulness, of speaking love, speaking truth in love. We will live. We will talk and live with a culture of honor, with kindness. Think well of each other. Be thankful and have gratitude for all for our salvations and for God's amazing plan for all of creation, including us. For His amazing plan for us, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will see things differently. When we live according to that, this last passage in Ephesians chapter five, we will live a life that pleases God we will exhibit a culture of honor by recognizing and giving thanks, firstly to God, and honoring to those who have pulled out the inheritance upon us. Because Vanessa and I, we didn't get to where we are because we were special. It's because there's, we have feasted on the inheritance of others who came before us. They have laid the foundation and we're building upon that foundation. And that's what we need to recognize and honor and be thankful for. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it allows us to see what was done before us and be able to see what is ahead of us so we can continue to build upon that and pull out the inheritance that we have for others so they can raise up and walk into the calling that they have for us. Gratitude, thankfulness, righteousness, truthfulness. These things are counterculture to the world that we live in. But be courageous. Be courageous. Be courageous in exhibiting those character traits daily, like the illustration that I use for Rain as a swimmer. Right? There are days when I didn't even want to wake up to give her a ride to school. I was like, I actually uh, felt guilty a little bit. I talked her into, Rain, you can quit swim if you want. But <laughs> we have never ever talked to any of our kids about quitting anything. But for Rain, it's like, Rain, you know, if you want to quit swimming. You can. (laughs) Thankfully, she persevered. And it's the same with us. Persevere. Press in. Follow the instructions of God. Good things will come from it. That is what will separate us, God's holy people, from everyone else. So, that is a lifestyle that will please God. That is a lifestyle that, that follow God's example. And that is a lifestyle according to God's will. That is what what it means to be in Christ when we live according to these instructions, right? When we live according to these instructions, our inheritance will be overflowing and the people around us will benefit greatly. Not to mention the crown of righteousness waiting for us in heaven. That is what my desire for us, for our family, and actually for all of us here at Restoration is, when we come face to face with our Lord Jesus, to hear Him say, well done good and faithful servant that is what we should always try to strive to I want to end with the statement from Charles Spurgeon I just read this this morning and also another statement that really it's almost like caffeine to your soul if your theology does not change your behavior it will never change your destiny Charles Spurgeon Ouch. Right. Our theology needs to change our behavior so then we can go where God has called us to go, just like we're swimming in open waters. Don't just let the waters take us, it will take us wherever it's going to take us. Our destiny has been set out by God. So swim toward it, work toward it, persevere. Don't be like Hugh, be like rain as a swimmer. Persevere, go to practice, make your own lunch. Um, But anyway, she does make her own lunch at night. Uh, I'm actually learning from Rain, and that's why I wanted to use that illustration. But uh, why don't we stand? I'm gonna pray for us, and we're gonna end this meeting. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, God. I thank you for the gift of salvation. But most of all, you don't just bring us into salvation and just leave us alone, but you give us an instruction handbook like what we are going through right now. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you will come and and strengthen us. Give us the courage and the persevere to push into the things that you have called us to do. To not be swayed back and forth, not let the open waters and not let the waves push us here and there, but to know where our destination is and to put this instruction to work and be able to pursue and walk into all that you have called us to do and to be. In the name of Jesus, I ask for that. We're so thankful for you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. And I just pray that Holy Spirit allow us to live a life that is worthy to be called followers of Jesus. Thank you for setting us apart. Thank you for the amazing inheritance that you want to give us right now and the amazing inheritance that you want to give us in heaven. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you, Jesus. And I praise all these things in your name, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.